0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: Renita is the uh, the producer, director, creator of the new documentary that is being filmed uh, the, the, about uh, New Hampshire and, and other places called Free State. And uh, we talked earlier this week after I saw the trailer that came out. guess I, I, more sizzle reel, I guess it's called, like a seven-minute mm-hmm. long trailer that you released over the last week. And uh, Mark, you had, did you happen to see it? I know you're coming into this cold. No, I have,
2: I have not seen it.
1: Uh, Renita, can you kind of pitch the, pitch the film to uh, Mark and other people that might be listening?
3: Yeah. um, It's mainly looking at free staters in New Hampshire, but um, aiming to kind of compare it against other free quote unquote free states uh, in the country, Florida, Texas, South Dakota. um, And just kind of looking at the lives of free staters and, and kind of seeing What's going on right now, especially with pushback from within the state while they're growing in numbers and um, just to see how hopefully they will eventually succeed in their endeavor.
2: Well, I wonder what success looks like in this circumstance. I mean, I think that every free state probably has a different opinion as to what it is, and in, it, it's poorly defined when it comes to you know the free state project and that sort of thing. So I'm not entirely sure. Did Texas? How did Texas do on the freedom in the fifty states this go around? Because I remember was so they were, great. Yeah, in the mid in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I think they're still mid pack, but I don't I don't have it in front of me.
1: What was it that inspired this production, this movie?
3: Um, so I actually live in California. I was kind of a free stater for a couple of years. I owned property there and um, that was kind of an effort to get a foot in there and maybe eventually come over. Uh, I don't have that property anymore. But um, while I was here, you know, through twenty twenty and then in twenty twenty one through the Mises caucus, I was able to edit and produce a documentary about the lockdowns, which was in the um, film festival. Anthem at Freedom Fest last year. And um it was very well received, but it's a very sad story. We kind of try to give an uplifting message at the end, but it's really heavy. And so it just well, kinda got me thinking. I, yeah.
1: I was looking at the description. What was it called again? The documentary?
3: The the unseen. The unseen it was actually, yeah, it was directed by Nick Nikites. He oh, is okay. also he was in the Mises Caucus at the time. And um, So you produced yeah. that movie? I produced, wrote, and edited.
1: Editing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, And, you know, of course it's going to be depressing, as I understand that you followed, was it four California business owners who were, you know, cracked down upon? Yeah. I have seen, I don't know how many of these things, probably, you know, close to 10 or... Twelve or something like that. A lot of them. I've been to quite a few uh, pork fests and I've never seen it in sold out capacity and it's sold out for the very first time last year and it is sold out again this time and this time they increased the total number of tickets by 500. So it was sold out at 2,500 tickets last year and this year it's 3,000 tickets and it's sold out again. So it's going to be a big deal. The only problem is going to be the bathrooms.
0: (laughs) 3,000 mad (laughs) bastards in a campground. That's going to be a good time. Yeah, it
2: is. Indeed.
0: So I'm going to have to sell probably the last of my gold to get there, but I'm going to do it.
3: <laughs> so um, They're actually showing my uh, my other documentary, Thursday night at 8.
2: Awesome. And that one is? Yep. The, Unseen. the
3: Unseen. The Unseen. Yes.
2: Okay. So, um, yeah, your, your new documentary is about the Free State Project. You decided to do it in order to... You know, get a little levity in your life, but it turns out you're not very good at that, and so you're trying to find the the conflict. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, what are you looking for when you go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival to go around, do it? You do your interviews and these kind of
3: things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a few people that are already in the sizzle will be there, so I like to continue following them around. I wouldn't want to live on a commune, but I would love to have like a a town full of like all my people. You know. Do you- what i
0: what i've always wanted to do is buy the campground where they have uh pork fest and start doing pork fest all year round so some mm-hmm. people would some people would live there not a commune cuz you know communism sucks Communist. but yeah. uh more more like a trail tra- trailer park than a, than a commune but yeah. just some people coming and going, some people staying all the time. Mark almost did
1: that a few years ago. And didn't you tell me, I don't know if it's a secret, so I won't say who it is, but didn't you tell me you ran into somebody at the Exit and Build Conference who is actually in talks to buy Rogers Campground? I
2: have run into a half a dozen people throughout the years cool. that are in the talks to buy mm-hmm. the campground. Um you know, no buy. one's gone past the talking stage. Huh? Right. I mean, there's, yeah. uh,
0: you know, I'm in talks to buy it, but nobody, none of the people I've talked to have had any money for
2: me. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> I'm curious about uh, Florida, Texas and South Dakota, which is also going to be in the film. Um, what are you what are you doing there? What are you what's the interview?
3: We, we'll see if I'm able to actually go there. I mean, I do have family in Texas, so that might be something I could easily do.
2: Joe Biden apparently is scolding the oil industry over fuel costs. I want to say that one more time. Joe Biden is chastening the oil industry over fuel costs. Joe Biden is a freaking moron. I mean, the guy
0: came into office. He actually... I mean, he. I guess he doesn't remember what his campaign promises were, but some of us do. We, you know, we're not all senile like he is. And, you know, he promised when he came into office that he would regulate the energy industry out of business. And that's exactly what he did. Um the I mean, the the amazing thing is he's actually the one politician who really keeps his promises. The only problem is his promises
2: are moronic and destructive. Um US US President Joe Biden on Wednesday chasing the oil industry over soaring fuel prices at the heart of a forty year high inflation. Um warning of unspecified emergency measures the letter sent to seven oh, the
0: fdr trick keep keep the business people guessing so they don't dare invest <laughs> uh,
2: the letter sent to seven major oil corporations was biden's most direct salvo yet in a campaign to blame the industry for stoking fuel prices why not he's blamed everybody else for every mistake
0: he's made
4: my husband was shopping the other day right here in charleston on savannah highway the main drag and went into the grocery store called harris teeter and what did he see right there as he entered a big sign saying we accept crypto
2: nice i like that i know
4: so for anybody listening in my neighborhood if you use cryptocurrency you can shop at harris teeter on savannah highway and secondly I have been a member for years, and I really believe in this organization, especially because I think it would fit in with your interest in non American money, meaning no cash, no credit cards, no checks. It's called the Barter Exchange.
2: Right. Um, these uh, Many it towns is have these. Wonderful. Yeah, many towns have these. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, and many, many. Counties around the country have their own barter exchange organization, goods for services, goods for goods, services for services. I used to advertise for my uh, tutoring services. I have a Ph.D. and I was a professor for years in Miami.
5: This is Matt from the New Hampshire Independence Political Action Committee. I'd, uh, been, I spoke of, on the phone with Ian a few months ago just about you know, letting him know when it's time for, for us to go live and when we're ready. And I wanted to call in to you gents tonight to say, yes, we're live. We're accepting contributions. The website is nipac.org, N-H-I-P-A-C.org. We're on Gab. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're excited for this, uh, this uh, election season. I'm sure everybody knows this past spring we had CACR32. Go through the House for a roll call vote and we had thirteen votes for yes one for each to the thirteen colonies
3: Independence. And we hope to
5: get and we have and we hope to get more next year so um, we're very very excited um, uh, we, we've already we've been challenged by a local a local uh, rep running for a different kind of election to raise a, a certain sum of money and we're actually well on our way to do that I'm very surprised by the enthusiasm um, we I do want to say that that we did and I think we already knew about this, but Ian got first. Was, was we were very honored to have Ian be our first contributor. Um, so we're, we appreciate his services, Free Talk Live and everything else he's known for here in the Liberty community in New Hampshire. So we're very excited for that. And your uh, goal you is think? to
2: see New Hampshire uh, be independent of the United States federal government. Is that right? That's
5: that, that's true.
2: The only thing I've seen that I thought the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance kind of tiptoed around was New Hampshire's very odd death penalty. Um, and I can see why a legislator doesn't want to die on that particular hill, that particular mole hill. What would he have to do to die on that hill? <laughs> well, uh, Assassinate a cop is what he would have to do. Basically, in New Hampshire, at least at one point, I don't know what the laws are specifically now. I don't think New Hampshire's had oh, executions in a long time. Not since 1926. Um, there hasn't been an, election, uh, an execution, but there is somebody on death row. And hmm. you can only get on death row in New Hampshire by killing a cop. You cannot do it by Wait, killing really? an individual. See, that's correct. That's wow. something
0: that I, that I really think should be i I do think it's important to change that just because um you know i don't know if you're the best person
6: to be proposing that uh, nobody (laughs) act
0: like police lives matter and the rest of our lives don't matter and and that is is very annoying i mean Basically what what is it that happened in in Texas? Yeah. They uh they decided their lives were more important than the children that they were paid to you know, protect. It, it does
5: bring up an interesting Quite shameful. Very shameful.
2: CHCR uh six, which was what the New Hampshire um resolution was, maybe it was six, maybe it was two, I don't know. I get these things confused. It's been years. Yeah, sure. Um was binding. But yeah. was lost miserably. Uh, so I was wrong. It was non-binding. It, it, yeah. it was binding. So, so what it would do is—I
0: it- I would not say it was lost, uh, lost miserably. I would no, say, not at all. I—I I was actually. This is the first time it's come around. I uh, encourage. How many states do you think that? that resolution would have gotten any votes at all. It,
6: in. it didn't, it won't even get to that point in any other state because when they bring, see, here's what happens. No state rep will dare to bring such a piece of legislation forward. First it of all, it requires
0: particular fortitude. Even
6: if you do, it won't get onto uh it won't ever get a vote in the right. house of representatives because in most states they can just get rid of it. Now that's not the case in New Hampshire, um, but what's interesting in New Hampshire is that we actually, for, for the first time ever, um, this has not been the case in the past, we've actually had reps that have said, we're going to step up to the plate and do this. And not only did we have one rep being willing to do it, we had, I think it was eight or nine reps that were willing co-signed. to do it. Co-signed. And then we had even more reps who who voted for... 13 four. Now, this out is, of presumably 400. One of the, the biggest objections was they we haven't yet had any kind of publicity or marketing effectively of the idea in new hampshire let's talk about why the government would not do uh to new hampshire what they've done to russia and and i'll i'll give you a very 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 good explanation economics the the economies of uh you know basically boston and the region are so tightly entwined with new hampshire The United States would actually be hurting itself probably more than they would be hurting the people of New Hampshire. It just wouldn't make economic sense to do that.
0: It's not to say they couldn't. But oh, if you're okay. going to hurt yourself okay. as much, I got to stop you right there and, and ask you, When has the government ever done anything that made economic sense?
6: Well, when it hurts the people in power, <laughs> that's when. Um, oh, if it hurts them personally. That's yeah. And, and that's the thing. Um, I, I don't think the government is going to. And, and there's some other reasons as well. It's not going to be a popular war. Right. Like it's, you know. When people start dying, um, and it's Americans, what people consider to be Americans. Oh, I'm not
2: prepared to say that it's going to get that far. I don't think it will.
6: I don't think it will either. And that's this is all the more reason why we should be shooting for it. Because ultimately, what do we lose? Okay, so phrasing, right? W- w- all we lose is something we need not have to begin with.
2: Um, you know, that's that's the worst possible scenario. Is okay. We, we have nothing we, well, to lose but our chains. You could, you could secede tomorrow. Right, like yep. you could just use your passport and uh, leave the country, and then you don't eh, have to deal. with it. It's not quite the same thing. I, it, I, I, I don't have to deal with the feds if I don't feel like it. I currently am working with a resort on the island of Utila, Honduras, and
0: there have uh, been a lot of resorts. Is this your last resort?
2: <laughs> <laughs> there have been a lot of resorts. <laughs> And I, I think that it's uh, probably never mentioned enough is, is that the United States government takes a different look at people who are outside the borders than those are in. And when Americans are outside the borders, they tend to support their activities more than they, um, you know, they're sort of pro-freedom, pro-American type of activities.
6: Right. So the CIA is going to support our
2: uh, coup? What is that? What's the coup? word? No. Coup? Coup no. of uh, Honduras? <laughs> I think not. I think it might be an exaggeration. But the CIA has done some horrifying things in Central America. But Honduras? has always been the felt like the United States is a little brother. So they tend to be more um if if your big brother happens to be a violent psychopath. Indeed, you want to keep them happy. Yeah. So um but some of my critique of New Hampshire independence is that it is currently a state. There has only been a few places that have seceded from the United States, and none of them did well post-secession. We can look at Palau, and we can look at the Philippines today, and we can say it has kind of been a financial hit. And most of those people would like very much to get into the United States still – now, New I mean, Hampshire is are, different in so yeah, I much saying, as, Those are
6: very different places, geographically speaking. Well, yeah, um, they're, they're much poorer. Which, which is one of the, the opposition many... points to, to Utila in terms of it also being an island.
7: I think it would be a really great outreach for the Shire Free Church to make um, like a promo or an ad or a bumper. I'm not sure what you want to call it, but to do Supreme Court cases that people don't know about that actually tell them what's really going on. So I'll give you like three quick examples. One is um, Deshaney versus Winnebago County Department of Social Services, where the Supreme Court ruled that despite a young boy being repeatedly abused at the hands of his father, that social services was aware of, but made no effort to remove the child, that uh, after his mother sued the the state, because the child was put in a vegetative state at the hands of his father, the court. The court ruled that the state had no special obligation to protect a citizen against harms it didn't create. There's that one.
2: Is um, this a biological mother, biological father situation?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it's really an amazing government business, government. Uh, it's, it's, as, as businesses go, it's the greatest business on earth. You can sell your product to people who don't want it. You don't have to actually provide the services you're selling them, but you can force them to pay at gunpoint.
7: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And then you tell them they're citizens, which means that they have a, a citizen has a duty of allegiance in exchange for a duty to be protected.
5: So I had a question for you, Mark. Yes, uh, sir. How often do you uh, travel and uh, give out maybe business cards to people who don't know what free talk live is.
2: You know, I, I probably don't carry them as often as I should. Wait, really? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I probably don't have them all. I don't have them all the time. Aren't you a sales guy? I know. Well, you know, (laughs) not really that much anymore.
6: Yeah. (laughs) To be honest. Yeah. Probably not for a while now, huh?
2: So,
5: well, I I feel like, um, not just you, Mark, but maybe if uh, listeners or maybe if there was some sort of program, uh, that rewarded listeners for, like, you know, I don't know, um, doing word of mouth, so to speak, of free talk live um, at, like, events and stuff, and political events, whatever people fancy, and hand out cards and explain about what the show's about. So you can get more listeners and more diverse opinions calling in.
2: Yeah, I, I have, uh, I've certainly gone to a bunch of different events and, you know, basically when I'm in town, somebody, some libertarian knows it. When I used back when I used social media a little more uh, regularly, they would find out they'd be like, Hey, we're having a meetup, or you know, there's a Liberty on the rocks, or whatever's going on. And would you come out and you know, say a few words? Uh, Probably haven't happened most recently when I was in uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. We don't have the tools at this point to really see widespread acceptance of
6: Monero. So, how do you? If you well, we certainly
0: have the tools. And Bitcoin for cash are still wide, way better widespread existence of um, acceptance. You mean of? uh I mean, we have the tools for widespread uh, acceptance of Bitcoin cash sure. because Bitcoin cash is the real Bitcoin.
6: So, so either way, I think the point is that I'm trying to make is that. um it, <laughs> you, what, I, I kind of want to say that you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, it's sort of like that. No,
0: no, you keep the Bitcoin cash. You just throw the Bitcoin out. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, like, I think this is one of these things I'm gonna where I'm going to use what what's convenient uh, for me. And you know, a lot of people want BTC. They recognize the brand, and um, it works. I, I can't swim up every river. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it I don't works. Know. I was telling somebody how great
0: Bitcoin was in in 2017. I remember. And, and I got a phone call back from them a few days later and they said, Hey, I took your advice. I bought some Bitcoin on Coinbase and I sent it to myself and it's been stuck on the blockchain for two <laughs> weeks. Yeah, what I mean- the hell do you think that's good for? Well, that's what happens when you have tiny block
2: sizes and you refuse to scale. There's only one way for a an economy to grow, uh, to prosper, to mature, and that is for us to go through the single steps. If you find a bunch of uh, guys living in the uh, people living in the Stone Age on some island someplace, they're not immediately going to be able to jump to cell phones and uh, you know all the the luxuries of modern life. They have to go through the steps. Now they'll be able to do it much more quickly. Than our ancestors did, because in many cases, they had to forge the way they had to create the ability um of, of capitalism to to create the industrial uh, revolution and a variety of things like that. And so they can often do it in a lifetime, which um you know, day to day may not look so great, but um, you know, in a lifetime, it looks pretty yeah. good the The problem <laughs>
0: is that if you're being robbed blind by by the system, then that's going to be a huge disadvantage in the actual uh, thing that has to be accomplished in order to improve people's lives, and that is the acquisition and concentration of capital.
2: So um, there's very few third world countries that I would go and uh, besmirch with the label capitalist. All right, they're almost all socialist because poor people love to vote for social, even even when there's no money to steal, they love to vote for socialism. I want to tell this story where uh, (laughs) years and years ago I met Joe Biden uh, along with Ian Friedman, (laughs) and what happened was is that um, Biden. was giving a speech out in front of uh, this whole talkers convention. It was the Air America time frame. I don't know what year it was, but let's call it 2008 or something like that. Way back. Um, maybe even before that. And, I, I you know, here he is giving a speech. Rachel Maddow's interviewing them is before she was on television or anything like that. Mad cow! and she And he turns to the audience, raises his hands for applause at the end of his speech and It's a room full of Republican talk show hosts. They literally were (laughs) booing him. And what's he do? He, You know, he's preparing for his applause. He just stands there as though he's being applauded. Then he (laughs) runs to the door to get the people coming out the door to shake their hands. I mean, and the only thing I think is this guy's soulless. And I haven't changed my mind. Hold on. There's a really great part of this because okay. that I'm does going, make it easier to be a politician. He is absolutely soulless, um, in a way that for sure is beyond uh, even a politician's uh, abilities. Then my good friend Ian, my co-host Ian's behind me. We're going through the door now. You know how I am. I'm mild mannered, whatever. Joe grabs my hand, shakes it like a dead fish, and then off I go. Well, Ian reaches out his hand. And you know what the hairy hand is, like from the 80s, when you reach out to give a handshake and then you quick pull it through and pull it through your hair? <laughs> he literally gives the hairy hand to the future president of the United States.
4: I'm so happy that he's taking a day off, too, on Fridays. Because you know what? You guys are a lot more nicer to me. Oh, we're not going <laughs> to let you
2: escape the criticisms. Oh,
0: I've like really actually got a question for
2: you. I, I like your call, Sarah. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, what what's the call?
2: I said I like oh, your calls. Can I,
4: no. Okay, can I okay, I was so excited. Did you know Revlon, the makeup company, is put out of business?
2: Oh my, why?
4: Well Eva, you know what? They went broke because they spent millions of dollars on Sheesh. what? Commercials. And I know that my company, you know, took away some of their business. Our word-of-mouth advertisement, you know, more competition for them.
2: So, hold on. Is Revlon out <laughs> of business? Yes. Yes, that's what I told you. Yeah, it's uh, it's on the news. I mean, okay. it, they went out of business because they got
4: too much competition. So, from,
6: was there a bankruptcy yeah, like, or... And, you know, usually, Sarah, here's the thing, Sarah, usually companies don't go out of business like they just they don't just go out of business like yeah. something happens or some sort of bankruptcy and often they come out of bankruptcy. So uh, I'm, I'm a little skeptical, but it I, says I, here uh, Revlon
2: borrows uh, three hundred and seventy five million in bankruptcy to shore up supply chain. So it looks like Revlon is in big trouble. It takes a great uh, deal of sales drive to make money doing these sorts of things. But I I feel like makeup is one of those um, industries where it could be true. And what concerns me is companies like Mary Kay and companies like um, Avon have kind of left their distributors behind. Tupperware is another one of them. Uh-huh. Um, these these ladies, in many cases, um, busted their humps for decades bringing these, uh, the, these brands to the marketplace. And then what's the brand do? Go sits in, um, CVS, um, so that it can get the, uh, you know, the low end market and, you know, sell to everybody. And when all of its distributors did all this work to, to, it's called network marketing to oh, yeah. network market it. And it's I not feel your like that's, uh-huh. it's, it's somebody else's business. I feel like there should be a commitment from the manufacturer to its network marketers. Like a contract. This is the way we're going to do business. We're going to stick with you. You stick with us. And yeah, baby, we're bringing you that pink Cadillac. Actually,
0: the thing that the would probably be most effective, uh, marketed by network marketing, and it actually ba- and what you're saying would be baked into the pie. Um, imagine a crypto that paid a cr- that paid <laughs> everything a to crypto, small don't pre- premium, uh, based on, uh, to people users of the crypto who create more users of the crypto leaked
6: amazon memo warns the company is running out of people to hire this is from
2: vox uh yeah you heard that right how how does that even happen all right go ahead oh seven billion people on earth how many work for amazon it's pretty easy um so they're talking about the united states effectively um, and because you have to be in the United States to be able to get a <laughs> drive, driver's license and then drive around, and therefore, you know, so it makes it to be an Amazon driver, you basically have to be a U.S. citizen.
6: Yeah. Um, it, It's not really that hard to run out of people. Look, when you've got more uh, demand for a product than people to supply it, you run out of people unless you can import people from other parts of the world where there's not enough jobs. And unfortunately, because of border walls and, you know, the U.S. government and, you know, you know, government agents, you know, thugs shooting people when they try to cross the border, um, you end up with a situation where there's just not enough labor to fill all the demand for, uh, you know, employees. So well,
0: in my experience, it's, it's pretty simple. <laughs> when, when I've been willing to to pay a sufficient price for a thing, I've always been able to find it.
6: So um, it, this is thing? an economic yes. plateau problem in that uh, you could raise the price. Amazon could raise yes. its prices, but it will reduce the demand. So, it, yes, that that is one solution is everybody's going to get paid more. However, um, you're also going to be paying more for products and services. So you're yep. you're actually not going to do as well financially, even though you're getting paid more.
0: You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.